Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Good morning, Kathy. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Doing great. A little bit of a heat wave here in New England, but we're doing well. Yeah, yeah a lot of the countries had a heat wave. Uh, boy, the, uh, we were um, sitting outside last night uh, with some uh, uh, Aiden, by the way, who was on. Remember, was on our show. Um, and yes, uh, even though he went to Dallas, he's he's had a uh, a really sweet girlfriend here in Colorado. Uh, and so, of course, he's down mm-hmm. in Dallas, uh, and they're they're gonna he she and her mom are going to Dallas to see Aiden tomorrow. Uh, so they came. Oh, o- how fun! So they came over, um, had dinner with us, and and uh, we we uh, uh, FaceTimed Aiden, and that was fun uh, uh, to see how he's doing. But we were sitting outside, um, and in Colorado, um, and we live where we can see. The mountain view from about 150 miles of mountains uh, that we get to yeah, see. You from, guys have a gorgeous yeah, view on from, that back deck. From, from our <laughs> deck. Uh, well, last night we're out there and we couldn't see anything because uh, of the smoke. Uh, so the, really? It, so the, uh, the question came, you know, is, hey, uh, which fires are these from? So I went online uh, and um, there's 107 fires uh, from... Uh, basically, Kansas, uh, if you draw a line, you know, straight from north to south, all the way to the, from top of the country to the mm-hmm. bottom, and west, uh, there's 107 fires, mm-hmm. made what they call large fires, uh, going on right now, this very day. Wow. You know, and it's filling the sky with smoke. Uh, so uh, the heat wave mm. is, is really having an impact, and of course, we're praying for, for rain, but uh uh, part of the chaos, uh, right? Yeah, you guys are having drought conditions. Yeah, drought, right? drought, and uh, chaos, and shortage of water, and crop issues, and fires, and uh, we can't see the mountains, you know, because of it. So it's, yeah, the heat wave is something. Um, hmm. As we talked uh, yesterday about uh, God's uh, will, uh, we talked about Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Um, and then. Um, we talked a little bit about logos. You read a scripture that you actually got uh, in mm-hmm. your inbox uh, that talks about this. Uh, so, if you would read that again, and let's let's explore this a little bit. Um, Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." We read yesterday that Jesus uh, is logos. Mm-hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word is God, and the world was created by God, by logos, by truth. Right. Uh, by spiritual power. Uh, okay, so read Second Timothy three fourteen to seventeen. Then we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Sure. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Yeah. So um, uh, I know this means something to you. Um, what's, what's your mm-hmm. view of, of scripture? Uh, why has it become valuable to you? And I know you, since you've taught uh, through retreats all these other people, uh, why has it become valuable to them? What what do you what's your perspective on all that? Truly, there's there's about a thousand things I could answer in that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to me, one of the most valuable things is truly it is the dialogue of God with me. Mm. And and so that, you know, in my heartbeat, as you know, I've shared with everybody here how he's taught me, you know, daughter Dulas, and now he's continuing actually daughter Dulas light friend. He's adding adding layers to all of that. But part of that relationship that I've built with him, that intimacy with him, is strictly from hearing his voice. And his word, I have seen time and time again provide wisdom, provide guidance, provide teaching. Um, provide the path for life um, in all kinds of things that I've navigated. And I've watched him do the same for others and just such wisdom and such truth that I could not have come up with on my own one. And then the other side of that is it's not even just the wisdom that he gives because I mean, he absolutely does pour that out, but it is truly that intimacy, the identity he speaks over me as his daughter and um the place that I get to see who he is and why I get to trust him and why I'm able to trust him. And then who he says I am in response to that. Um, And truly, you know, a lot of people I know are looking for, you know, are struggling through their own identity. Well, guess what? Our identity is Jesus and Jesus alone. And the way for us to know him, he is the way, the truth, the life. He is the word. If we want to know our identity, we've got to know him. Yeah. And so there's, there's a little bit of a nutshell of some of my yeah. passion on that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and therefore, um, what's your uh, understanding perspective? Why do you go to the word, uh, logos, mm-hmm. uh, to seek truth, to seek answers? Why, why do you do that? because I believe it's true and (laughs) I have experienced it to be true. And I know when I follow what he says, things turn out. (laughs) When I follow what I tend to do, my natural, they don't. And so I've learned those lessons just from a practical standpoint um, that, you know, I can't necessarily trust my own, but as I've learned to surrender to him, I can fully 100% of the time trust his guidance. Yeah. And um, Uh, yeah. And as you as you uh, you know look at that, believe that um, we have the Holy Spirit within us, uh, mm-hmm. and we said that He will guide us. Um, why why don't you just skip logos and just say, well, just just tell me what to do, God, and I'll do that, um, and just skip skip logos. Uh, since you have the Holy Spirit, mm. can't can't you get your answers without logos? Oh, <laughs> you're missing so much when you, so, so it's both. And, you ah, know, the Holy ah. spirit absolutely, um, 
speaks rhema to us and makes the words come alive and all of that. But logos is his gift. That is, that is his word that is timeless. Yes. And I don't care how many people say it's not relevant today, or we need to update whatever. That is so not true. His word is the same today, tomorrow, forever. We can count on this timeless, timeless truth because he is timeless. Yeah. And, um, and I think, uh, if you don't mind me pulling this up, um, Psalms 119. 97 to 105. Do you care if I read this? No, real go quick? ahead. Yeah, please. Because this is just good stuff. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth through your precepts. I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Yeah. And so that, y'all, that passage, just that sums it up a little bit to me, even, um, just that the sweetness of his words. And I know we talked before about um, just, just a few days ago, really, we were talking about the kind of that comical thing that I find that people are hesitant to, to fast from food, yet they fast from his word all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, we are, you know, I'm too busy to do that. Or, you know what, Hey, I'm, I'm in it a couple times a week and you know, that's pretty good. And, and I understand that, that it's a growing process and everybody's in their spot, but I cannot overemphasize enough that when he says his words are life, that, that he is the bread of life for us to eat, to consume, to ruminate on, to abide in his word, his logos, even what he has written there, that is a gift. That is sustenance. That is, I don't want to start my day. I'm somebody who loves food, by the way. Like I really love food and I don't want to start my day without breakfast. I also don't want to start my day without the bread of life. Yeah. Because that is where my energy, my sustenance, my wisdom, my guidance, and the love and the grace that I'm going to pour out on others all comes from. There's a source, and the source is that logos. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And as we uh, look at logos, um, uh, it's, well, I've already written to you um, mm-hmm. uh, my truth. And by the way, remember it's it's me. It's 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 these words are spirit in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the truth is going to emanate from logos. As I abide in logos, receive his promises, receive his understanding, uh, and apply the truth, which he said I've already given you mm-hmm. um, as the beginning point. That as we abide in it, and that's what abiding is all about. Uh, mm-hmm. See, it's not like okay. Uh, it's truth. Um, I'll try to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, that's where you make your error. Uh, even when you said logos is true and you look at it as, um, and this is in second Corinthians three, uh, four to six, but he says, if you look at it as letter or law, mm. uh, it kills you. Right. Um, uh, because you can't get there on your own, you said, okay, I, I see it as truth. Uh, I'm going to try to perform that truth. Mm. Uh, and, and he says, you've laid back on yourself the requirement of perfection in the flesh, which you can't do. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, is why people get discouraged. Right. Uh, and they kind of conclude that yeah, maybe it's not so true because uh, mm. I don't I don't see it. Because they're work. not seeing the fruit of it the I'm way not, that, that not, he intends. I'm not yeah. seeing a fruit. And he said, well, um, as you look at life stuff, um, let's go look at logos to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Accept it as true. Um, and then process God speaking with me is how does this become true in my situation? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to learn this. I have to uh, experience this. Uh, I have to now apply it to something in reality. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a decision. I got a problem. I got a- a- adversity. I've got conflict. Um, how does that work? Well, he said, start with logos. Mm-hmm. And he says, and this is this is important because it gives us uh, the uh, let's say the the baseline or the framework for what then to pursue. So, for, so what I'm saying there mm-hmm. is, um, God says I'm not going to violate my truth. Right. Uh, uh, I've already given you the ability to see something I've already stated because it's written and it's available to you. Right. To, to start there. Um, now. And it is that, as you're describing that, that's that plumb line that we talk about. So anything comes back to, you know, it's like you said, it's not going to violate as we're hearing his wisdom and gathering his wisdom from other believers, from conversations with people, from even just, um, you know, research we're doing on something. And as we're praying and we think we're hearing the voice of God, his scripture, that's the plumb line. It will not, nothing that is true that is being said from God will go against that plumb. It will not violate that plumb. And so we've got to, we, we need to spend time in that logos to know what that is. Cause it's possible to believe a lot of wrong things about God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I can give you a simple example. Um, uh, I do come across, uh, I come across two pr- situations often. One is a believer mm-hmm. who wants to marry an unbeliever mm-hmm. or a uh, believing um, a business person who wants to get in partnership with an unbelieving business person. Right. Um, and they come and say, I'm, I'm, I, I am seeking God's will. Um, it seems to me that it's a good thing. I love this person. Um, I'm pretty confident that uh, over time they'll come to know Christ mm-hmm. uh, or this business deal of, hey, this guy's a good guy. Uh, we've we've uh, been in relationship. Uh, I believe it's going to be a healthy partnership. He's got some strength. Um, isn't this a good idea? It seems to me like it's God's will. Mm-hmm. Well, I could say, uh, okay, um, let's go ask God by first going to Logos. Mm-hmm. Um, has he written something about this right. that we could at least start to pursue and understand? Um, and so, uh, okay, uh, so I can say, um, I happen to know <laughs> where this mm-hmm. is. So you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And it, it lays it out. Mm-hmm. It says, do not be... Pretty bluntly. <laughs> yeah, pretty clearly. Do not be unequally yoked mm-hmm. in any way because light can't be with darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that uh, the answer, and you can pray all day long, uh, the answer is no. Right. 
because it's it's not it's not fuzzy. Um, it's right. it's a clarity about that. Okay, now um, what that what that does is if that's true, mm-hmm. which you then receive it and it says so, and it's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, that then these two situations uh, would say, okay, um, what? How do you want me to proceed with this person? Right. Um, and see, God might say, "Is well, um, actually, uh, don't don't worry about getting married at the moment, but I do want you to stay in relationship with her or with him because." Uh, I'm going to use you to bring her to Christ, and then I'll give you the permission to get married. Um, so stay with it, or uh, this person uh, is never going to respond to Christ, and so don't don't waste your time. Not not that you uh, you know end it harshly, but you need to move to towards something because mm-hmm. I have another person for you uh, that will guide you. And see, that's why. Uh, as you start with the truth, it's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now what? Uh, okay, I, I received that. Uh, I'm not going to marry this person. Uh, what would you have me do? Okay, God said, mm-hmm. let me guide you into that because I know the answer to that. Right. Um, and now that you're willing to stand on what I've told you as true, I can take you the next step. Let's, let's go the opposite direction. Yeah, that's what the word says. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because, because. Okay. Uh, now we know something about that. Um, where, where is that person now residing? Out of the kingdom. Out of the kingdom. Okay. Now why? Yeah. Now why? Because truly, they have quenched the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> they they have decided to do it their own way and not what the Holy Spirit is telling them. Yeah, because see, God's will starts with well this is true mm-hmm. um, and if you're living in the kingdom you receive that as true knowing mm-hmm. that there's more story there's more understanding but I'm not going to violate that and say I don't care mm-hmm. I'm going to go do what I want to do anyway and by the way uh, uh, God will let you right um, so again, a, a great example we have in scripture is, um, uh, Abraham and Sarah, uh, have that promise. Uh, they're going to be the father of many nations. They will have a child. Um, and then that child will have children and, and grandchildren and, and it'll grow into a nation. And I promise you that, uh, which they understood. Mm-hmm. So they would be in the class of believers, mm-hmm. uh, followers of God. Um, well, they're getting older in age, and it's not happening. So they say, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure this is going to happen. So uh, Sarah says, well, why don't you, why don't you have Hagar and have have uh, sexual relationships with Hagar, and have a baby that way? Um, and they basically said, even though you have stated something already, I'm going to go execute something on my own. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go to God and say, could you, could you reinforce, you know, what you right. just said to me? Uh, and they did. Now, here's the, here's the key to the whole story. Did God prevent them from doing it? No. No. 
see, and this is what's so critical about God's will, is that if you choose to walk away from the truth, mm-hmm. he'll let you. It's, right. not, it's not by force. Now, he said there'll be consequences to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see generational consequences yeah, in yeah. what went on there. Yeah, yeah. and you're going you're gonna to see consequences there, but um, I'm not going to prevent you from doing it. So um, if I say to somebody, well, well God says don't, e- don't, don't be unequally yoked, and they say, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway, mm-hmm. God will say, okay, um, you can walk away from the truth. You'll have consequences to this. It's not my will and you will not be living in my will because you've now uh, got, uh, decided you're going to be king and not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not in my kingdom. You're in, you're in the world's kingdom. Um, so it, it's going to go that way. Um, and then they wind up with consequences that are, that are not of God. Um, right. And this is where you got to be careful that then they say, well, wait a minute, I'm a believer. Shouldn't God take care of me anyway? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, he says, no, it's, it's, are you going to walk in my will, which is based on truth, which by the way, I've mm-hmm. written to you in logos. So, so go there first and then, you know, uh, understand it and, and understand also that it's not the end of the story. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, fine. I'm going to end my relationship with this person. That's it. Well, God said, well, you didn't ask me what to do next. Right. Um, you, you said, I, I understand I'm not going to marry this person at the moment. Mm-hmm. What would you have me do now? Okay, God says, let me lead you into the next piece of truth. Now that you've been obedient, faithful to what I've said in Logos, and you saw it, mm-hmm. now let me guide you with Rhema into you know, the next piece of it. Uh, right. Same thing with the uh, business executive um, where it, you know, um, you know, are you uh, an equal partner? Does he have mm-hmm. majority? Um, can you, uh, can you, by the way, have a um, an investor uh, or a partner that uh, is less than majority because you still have uh, authority and control? The answer is yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, because you're not unequally yoked. You're still able to fulfill what God would have you do because that person or that situation can't thwart you uh, from doing that. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not about, could I accept an investment from a non-believer? Yes. As long as you're not equal partners or he's the majority partner. Yeah. Uh, and again, as long as that's what God's instructing, because there yeah. may be situations where he says, absolutely not. Well, hands uh, off that deal. Yeah. <laughs> you and, know? Th- and that, what you see, what you suggest is that's the beauty of God's will, uh, is yes. that, uh, your first question is, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, am I okay having a partnership with this person? Um, mm-hmm. Number one, are you unequally yoked? Would you be unequally yoked? Right. Yes. Because there's the plumb line. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, then no. The answer is no. Right. Okay. That's it right there. Um, again, okay, now what would you have me do? Uh, okay, let's say the answer is um, I am not going to be unequally yoked because I still have majority control and he's just going to be a minority investor. Um, and that's uh, acceptable. And God said, okay, good. And now, uh, Kathy, as we know, our next question to God is what? What do you have to say next? Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It, see, just because... The conversation I, isn't over at No, that point. and just, just yes. because I came up with a, I want to do, mm-hmm. should I, 
the first cut, the first element of truth would be, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that's the answer. Right. Now you go and say, okay, now that I understand it's okay to marry this person or it's okay to be in business uh, partnership with this person, um, what would you say now to confirm your will mm-hmm. to even be engaged, uh, fully engaged with wanting to be in married or being a partner? Um, I've got to take the next step and the next step and the next step. Um, uh, and let's, let's take another element of it is... Uh, I get a, uh, yep, it's okay uh, for this partnership. Mm-hmm. Okay, now he says, go ask, seek, and knock. Um, and uh, process uh, truth about this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, do your due diligence. Um, you start to pursue that, and through your due diligence, you found out that this other person uh, is not an honest person. Mm-hmm. Now you found another piece of truth. Right. Well, the, the scriptures talk about that. Don't have mm-hmm. anything to do with dishonest people. So now that your answer so is... So then no, you've got another plumb line another, that can another give you plumb. a pretty clear answer. Because yes. the next step leads you to more truth, more truth, more truth. And you got to look at it in such a beautiful way. And that is that through God's truth, starting in Logos, um, I will be led into his mm-hmm. answer that will, what I say, come together and everything lines up and it's a yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't preclude just because I got an answer to the first question mm-hmm. that it's an ultimate yes. I just got to keep going step by step by step. Right. And it'll either come together and all will be yes, or there'll be something there that will say, nope, this isn't it. And God's role is to show you that. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting as you share this, one of the things that I'm struck by, and I'm curious if, if you see this a lot too, for me in conversations with people, one of the biggest hindrances I see to truly following this process out is fear. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and when I think about even, you know, especially friends that I've had that, um, you know, are going into a marriage and they, but I'm going to be rejected if I don't, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that play in this fear that really lies at the heart of, do you believe that God's will is truly best, none better? Right. Um, but, but fear is a real factor with people wanting to use God's word as a plumb line because they can't fully, and the enemy's so sneaky that way. If they can't fully understand how it's going to play out, um, then they want to just go back to self and control it. Right. You know, right. that's right. Um, and because of the uh, fear, uh, when you say that, um, what are they afraid of? They're mostly, they're afraid it's not going to turn out the way that they like yeah. <laughs> or what they want it to be. But they, and, but again, like I said, that comes back to that. They don't fully know or understand that, that what God has really is best. And so they're resorting to clinging to what they know or can control. Yeah, exactly. That it's, um, uh, and this is where the, uh, the trust comes at, at a variety of levels. One is I trust logos mm-hmm. uh, because, and which, as you read it in Second Timothy 3, all scripture mm-hmm. is, uh, and the word you read there, which is really the, the Greek word, is breathed mm-hmm. by God. Um, Okay, when 
when you think of that, it's um, inspired, spoken to, mm-hmm. out of the life of God, the breath of God, the the yes. uh, word of God, is what created it. Um, mm-hmm. And all Scripture is inspired, true, because it's from God. Uh, what He breathed, and remember, it's spirit and life, right? And is profitable to <laughs> to mm-hmm. help you receive. The abundant life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of that scripture is all profitable? All of it. All of it. Yeah. Uh, and so we start with, um, uh, and I was blessed with a uh, a privilege. Um, I'm a you know I'm a I was a very intellectual kid, um, skeptical about almost mm-hmm. everything, and always looking at logic and facts and. You know, I, and I was a great debater. Uh, <laughs> you know, I could debate all kinds of stuff, including, you know, my wife Linda. Any anybody, you know, I could I could run circles around most people because I was I just learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I became a believer, we got married. Uh, I'm 20, she's 18. We get married and and we wind up becoming believers uh, early, right away in our our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know anything, but one thing that I decided right away if I'm going to if I'm going into this I'm going to accept the word of God as absolutely true and I'm never going to uh, doubt it I'm not right. going to fight it I am not going to try to be skeptical about it um and of course I I had to grow into learning how to experience it because I did right. tend to keep it in my head but I never fought that yeah. Can I ask you just because I know um, that's something, you know, what you're saying, that's something that God really laid on my heart too, from a young age. But I do also know the struggles that people have with just coming to that. And I know with your knowledge base, you've got some of this and you said yesterday, you might talk about it. I'd love to hear um, from that practical standpoint, how the word of God was put together. Yes. Can you give us some of the history on that? Because there's people who have never heard okay, how did this actually come together? And why do we believe that what we consider the canon, yes. you know, what was canonized, what was written, why do we, why can we trust that that's not just a bunch of hooligans who decided to throw <laughs> together what they thought? And this is now what we all claim is God's word. Right. Can you give us the background there? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, starting from the, uh, uh, what's called the Pentateuch, uh, mm-hmm. the Pentateuch of the first five books of the Bible, uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were written by Moses, right? Um, and uh, as as it was written, um, and and as Paul described to us, is it was God breathed so that they were um, basically transcribing what they're hearing from God and the understanding of and recording. Here's what mm-hmm. happened, and here's what I understand, and here's the truth. Um, God was inspiring them through the Holy Spirit to write things down, mm-hmm. uh, truth. Um, and he, so Moses wrote the Pentateuch. Uh, then the variety of people wrote uh, the the what they call the you know the the historical books, uh, mm-hmm. Judges, uh, etc. Uh, David writes a lot of Psalms. Solomon mm-hmm. writes a lot of Proverbs. Uh, then there's a series of prophets. Right. Uh, Jeremiah, Ezra, um, 
uh, Isaiah, Daniel, uh, they're writing, again, what God is breathing to them. So basically what they're doing is uh, they are taking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're processing what they're experiencing, what they understand and what God is speaking, and they literally write it down. Um, mm-hmm. And as they write it down, um, they recognize that this is coming from God, not just my thought, you mm-hmm. know, to, to write a book. Um, then we have the Gospels. Um, and, you know, we have the disciples uh, that were with Jesus. They were called to write down uh, what they learned and understood. Uh, Luke is a historian. He goes and interviews people and writes down what he understands. Paul mm-hmm. uh, and James, uh, et cetera, write these letters. Right. Um, and they're primarily writing letters to, at the moment, they're writing to churches. Uh, right. Area, Romans, Corinthians, um, Ephesians, Philipp, Philippi, Colossians. Well, there's a mm-hmm. church there. Right. Um, and so, hey, let me write to you what I believe to be is the truth. Um, and they're inspired uh, by God. So we have the, by the time, by the way, Christ comes, um, all of the Old Testament is already known, written, and completely understood. So every book of the Old Testament already by Christ is known. This is God's word. So historically then, because just to clarify for me, that was the Old Testament was the Old Testament like already because it didn't like this is going to show my ignorance on some of this, but the the Jewish people was pretty much the first five books, right? Um, is was the Torah. Yep. At, the at Torah, that point. Pentateuch, the Torah. Uh-huh. Okay. And so then the rest of those coming in, the rest of those prophecies, um, Isaiah, Jeremiah and Haggai and all of these, those were then included um, in like already considered to be the word of God and already written down and recorded before Jesus ever came. Yes. All and, of the Old Testament. And, um, and what they would do, and interesting enough, they still do it. Um, okay. The uh, Jews, the Orthodox Jews, uh, have have a weekly, you know, what we would consider to be church service. They call mm-hmm. it uh, 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 worship uh, and synagogue. Yes. So they go to the synagogue, and uh, what they do, and they do this uh, every year, all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take a a book of the Bible, mm-hmm. and they stand up. Somebody stands up and reads it, mm-hmm. a portion of it. It includes all of the books of the Old Testament. Okay. Um, and it, it did at Jesus' time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, now, interesting enough, uh, and uh, uh, we had Joshua and Aiden, you know, as guests on the show. Right. Um, and Joshua, I, was, I, I asked Joshua to be ready to share a story. We never got to it, but... He was, uh, uh, this is just a few months ago, <laughs> he winds up, um, uh, and, he, and he said it was unusual. He was invited to this, this deal, and he winds up um, sitting next to a Jewish rabbi. Yes, I remember hearing um, this. <laughs> and the rabbi um, uh, is talking to him, and, and, and uh, I get a text mm-hmm. from Joshua. He says, uh, God is telling me to witness 
to this Jewish rabbi, what, am, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, well, lead him into scripture um, and have him read old, just Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, so I give him a series of scriptures uh, to read. You know, rehab, and I said, have the rabbi read them out loud, mm-hmm. and then you can discuss them. So he does. Uh, he, he comes back and tells me later um, that he's, uh, he, and I said, ask the rabbi, before you start, ask the rabbi, do you believe the Old Testament's true? Mm-hmm. And so Joshua did. Uh, do you believe the Old Testament's true? And the rabbi said, yes, I do. Okay, he said, good. And then he said, let's read these verses. So he, and they're there in the Old Testament, in, in, the, in the rabbi's Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He reads these verses, uh, and it's about Bethlehem, and a child is born, and Isaiah, and, um, uh, you know, he's going to die, and all these things that he reads. <laughs> um, and so Joshua says to him, what do you think? Mm-hmm. He, says, <laughs> he says, we skipped those verses. Interesting, okay. Um, <laughs> And Joshua said, what do you mean you skipped those verses? He said, we read the complete Old Testament, like you, you're describing, mm-hmm. all, those, all those books. We read those every year. When it comes to, to those verses, we skip those. Interesting. So are they actually in print? They're in, in the print. Hebrew Bible? They're, they're there. Okay. They're, they're there. there. They're there. But they simply choose not to read them. They skip them okay. because they've been instructed uh, this is going to cause too much conflict about them thinking Jesus was the Messiah. So let's skip them and mm-hmm. not read it to the people, because the the average because Jew- it is so clear. It's so when clear. You do read some of these, yeah. And, and the Jewish uh, average person, see, doesn't read the Bible. They listen to it. They listen okay. by by them doing it every every week. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, well, so Joshua, you know, and he was being led by the Spirit. He says. Um, I thought you said you, you believe the whole Testament's true. And the guy says, well, I do. He said, then, then it, he said it's not legitimate that you skip those verses. Don't you, right. have to, don't you have to deal with those verses? And the guy says, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. You know what? I'm going to go spend some time in those verses, and I'm, I'm going to consider this because mm. it really is, really is kind of disingenuous Right. To skip. If I believe it's all true, for me to pick which ones I don't want to read. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to do that. Uh, and now he's got another uh, time to go back to him and talk to him about, you know, what, what he understood. Uh, but they were all these, all these verses. And we have a absolute understanding of this is that, um, and we, we've read this, um, when Jesus went to synagogue, mm-hmm. Luke chapter 4, he's his first public ministry uh, in Nazareth. And and it says this, they hand him Mm -hmm. the scroll of Isaiah. Isaiah 61, 1 to 4, 4. Um, And so, okay, now a couple things. Uh, At that time, when they said Bible or or scripture, Mm -hmm. um, they were all in scrolls. Okay. And they were individual, wrapped up. Um, so uh, I, he said they would hand him the book of Isaiah in a scroll. Mm, okay. And he opened it up. So he's unraveling it. 
and then he, he gets to the place that we call Isaiah 61. Now, by the way, both Old and New Testament, uh, <laughs> they don't have sentences, um, and they don't have uh, chapters. Right. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just one book is one long sentence. Mm. Um, we, we, we break it up so that we can refer to it. Um, mm-hmm. And we can get there easier, uh, but that's not how it was. So he he opens it up and reads it, and he said, "Today, this scripture mm. has been fulfilled in your sight." Um, well, they already had understood Isaiah was scripture. By the way, we just read it uh, yesterday. Um, uh, they got mad at him, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and they were going to toss him off the cliff. Why? Well, because we know that scripture. Mm-hmm. We do not accept that you're saying it's you, uh, because they already have have accepted that scripture was so. See, mm-hmm. um, so yes, all those books were by the time Christ was there, the entire Old Testament was already set. Okay. Um, now in the New Testament, uh, 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 it says in Acts chapter two that they gathered together. Mm-hmm. And they processed the teaching of the disciples. Right. Okay, what were they doing? Jesus said, Jesus said, mm. Jesus said. Um, okay, let, let us understand that. And, and they were constantly discussing uh, what we now know as the Gospels. Right. Of all the things that Jesus did and said. And they mm-hmm. would say, you know, we... we uh, yeah, we went to this uh, mountain, and um, uh, we saw Jesus talking with Elijah uh, uh, and Moses. And so um, we tried to build him an altar, and Jesus said, you know, don't, no, don't do that. Um, this is what it's all about. And we heard the mm-hmm. voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. And um, they write all this down, and they're, sh- they're, right. excuse me, they're sharing this, and they're, and they're talking about it. So over the next 30 years... Uh, these disciples are writing in down on paper what they've been teaching mm-hmm. and getting inspired again by God is, is truth. Uh, then you have Paul come along mm-hmm. um, and he gets converted. And by the way, and this is what's so cool, uh, guess what? He knows really, really well. Right. The entire Old the Testament. The entire Old Testament. <laughs> Uh, he was. He said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was mm-hmm. one of the most educated ones ever was, and he knew the Old Testament upside down in Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here's another interesting thing: he gets converted. Uh, Barnabas befriends him, takes him to Jerusalem. Yep, he's he's uh, he's now a, a, a fellow believer in Christ. Uh, guess what? They send him home to Tarsus mm-hmm. um, for three years. Uh, just him. Um, and we can tell from what he did and what he said is, what, he, what is he doing? He's going back over the Old Testament. Right. Verse by verse by verse, sentence by mm-hmm. sentence by sentence. Uh, and, oh, now I understand right. what this means. In, Seeing it in light in of light Jesus. In light of Jesus um, yeah. and what Christ is and the salvation and the truth and uh, and and then when he writes the books, the letters, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Old Testament stuff in there, right? Uh, because he's bringing, hey, by the way, 
it, you know, uh, you know, for example, he talks about um, uh, Isaac and Ishmael, which we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, the problem that uh, Sarah and Abraham had. Right. Uh, he says, let me help you understand this. Um, it's a representation of the spirit and the flesh that mm-hmm. when they had Isaac, they were walking in the kingdom of God in the spirit in the freedom of that when they were in uh, chose on their own to have it themselves, have Ishmael and Hagar, they were under bondage, under the flesh. Mm-hmm. He said, and this is in Galatians chapter four, he said, therefore, you have to, like Abraham and Sarah did, you have to cast out the bondwoman and her son and live with Isaac. And, mm-hmm. and he explains it. Live in the spirit and don't live, right. it, don't live in the flesh. Well, he uses all that Old Testament truth to give now a greater understanding of that spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he writes, all scripture is inspired by God. All the right. Old Testament, which, by the way, Jesus himself said, I haven't come to abolish it, but to what? Right. Fulfill it. To fulfill it, Every yes. jot and tittle, um, uh, every mark, uh, every understanding of it. Uh, I've come to do that. And then Paul adds to it and says, it's all profitable, and everything that mm-hmm. we have uh, is, is profitable. Uh, so then they, they write the books of the, the New Testament, including Revelation, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, which we have a series on the end times, which we'll cover on Friday again. And that is, John says, uh, you really need to hear, uh, mm-hmm. understand, and obey what I'm telling you in this book. Right. So, so book of Revelation was, was still pretty cool. It was pretty important as well. Um, okay, so then um, uh, several hundred years later, um, you know, with Constantine, uh, who became a emperor of Rome, uh, and said that Christianity is the answer. Um, he held a council, mm-hmm. uh, and they established the official, what's called the canon. Right. Um, and that was, remember, there were other letters written. Right. Uh, this is what I wanted you to go into some, too, is uh, how they determined what went in and what did yeah. not. Uh, so there's other other things written. There's other... Uh, uh, people that are also writing about Jesus and writing things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what they did is they had a group led by the Holy Spirit that um, looked at the truth of it. Mm-hmm. And because they, they did understand one thing, that God is one. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give separate messages. Mm. Um, it's all going to hold together. Uh, and so as they process these things, um, they looked at, does this other book line up with the truth that we see hold together with other places, like the Gospels, right. for example? Right. Uh, we can read the Gospels, and they all hold together. A little bit different, uh, sometimes perspective, truth, but, they, details, but yeah. they don't contradict each other. Right. Um, so they're accepted and then, okay, let's see, was this really a, a writing of Paul and mm-hmm. did it really represent truth? Um, and so they would look at the authorship, uh, does it hold up to the consistency mm-hmm. from one book to the other that it, it supported it and didn't contradict it or give us, right. or give a strange explanation to something. And so they mm-hmm. developed what's called the canon 
uh, the 66 books of the Bible. They already had the, the Old Testament. Right. That was already uh, set. They were just working on uh, the New Testament, and then they put them together and said, this is now the Scripture. This is now the Bible, okay. and we've had it ever since. Now, here's something really cool. Um, it's probably, I think it was in, you know, four, four or 500 A.D., um, in, um, um, and we've talked about this in the end time, uh, discussion, um, when, um, they saw that Rome was going to come against Israel. This is after Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ has already died, resurrected. The church has been forming up, uh, and, uh, Israel and the Jews start to realize and Christians there the Romans are going to come after them, um, mm-hmm. and they're not going to allow them to stay peaceful. So a group uh, called the Essenes, mm-hmm. and, and look at them as um, uh, historians. Okay. They were keepers of the history. Uh, they took the biblical scrolls that we talked about. Right. And they hid them in caves. Mm. Uh, and it's called the Qumran Caves. Um, and they hit him. And then, of course, uh, the, uh, the revolt comes and Israel gets destroyed. Um, and everything is, is uh, destroyed and they have to flee. Well, uh, they hit him in these caves prior to this revolt in 70, right. AD, uh, 70 AD when the temple was destroyed. Well, and this is, this is really cool. Uh, the very day, that Israel was established as a as the beginning of a nation by the United Nations in 1947. Mm-hmm. The very day they discovered the Qumran scrolls. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, um, and they were brought out. We found these <laughs> these scrolls, and it looks like they're they're Bible stuff. They're mm-hmm. they're Genesis and. Deuteronomy and Isaiah and Jeremiah and all these scrolls. Um, and then they start to um, uh, get them, you know, get them preserved. Okay. Uh, and they were preserved, by the way. Um, and now let's compare them to what we now know as the Bible. Right. Because they have, they have a time gap. These That's are for beautiful. sure. These yes. are for sure. From before 70 AD, and we have nobody's seen right. them, nobody's seen them since. And so now we can see how accurately let's see, it was. Let's see continued. how what we have today mm-hmm. compares to that, and has right. it has it been altered, changed, and and really we can't trust it. Right. <laughs> so what they discovered is that it's exact. Hmm. The Qumran scrolls, which they verify as biblical transcripts. That's amazing when you think about that, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it, they copied it exactly. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely the same. Um, wow. And so we can trust, we can trust, we can trust. Uh, because of, again, this is the overarching uh, beauty of God as we look at logos. Uh, is uh, and, and the questions you've raised are really... Uh, in a way, it's pretty simple to answer. Mm-hmm. God's saying, I wrote it. <laughs> right. Um, I did it through humans, mm-hmm. but I, I gave them the power and the understanding to write it. And number two is I preserved it all mm-hmm. through the centuries 
accurately. Right. Um, what you can, what you're reading today is my word. Mm. It's true. It's absolute. Um, now, again, um, we have to understand something. The languages that were written, the Old Testament is Hebrew. Mm-hmm. The New Testament is Greek. Right. Um, which is interesting, uh, since a lot of it was written by Jews, mm-hmm. including Paul, by the way, a Pharisee of the Pharisee. They wrote yeah, it. Yeah, he still wrote it in Greek. He still That's wrote it in, in Greek because their thought was, well, the person that I'm going to write this for, most of them don't read Hebrew. They read, they read Greek. Oh, interesting. So uh, let me write it in that way. Well, interesting enough, those two languages are the most beautiful, full, complete, mm-hmm. uh, wonderful languages of history. Right. And more unique words that actually give depth of meaning yes. beyond our language. Uh, and that over every other language on mm-hmm. earth, those words, that those phrases have specific meanings. Um, and when you read it, when, a, when, a, when a, uh, somebody who knows Hebrew reads it, see, mm-hmm. they understand it immediately. I, I see it. Or somebody that knows Greek, I, right. under, I understand what that word, what that phrase, what that, what that looks like, uh, because it's so precise. Right. It's so amazing. And so here's what, here's what the issue is. Uh, the original manuscripts mm-hmm. are Greek and Hebrew, and guess what? We have all of them. Mm. We have all of them. Um, but because you and I, um, I, I went to seminary, I learned Hebrew and Greek. Um, and I, you know, I played around with it and I could read it a little bit. Uh, but because I didn't become an expert at it, mm-hmm. um, I know a little bit about it. I remember <laughs> a little bit about it. Right. Uh, but I don't have the depth that a somebody who's Jewish who knows Hebrew or right. a Greek that knows Greek uh, have it. So none of us have that. So what do we do? We read it in our language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're reading it in English. Right. Um, well, English happens to be a lousy translator mm-hmm. uh, because there's uh, 15,000 original Greek and Hebrew words. There's only 5,000 English words. Right. So um, we're missing out on two-thirds of the word. So as we look at abiding, one of the things we're trying to help people to is when you go to Logos is to go, go to the Greek and Hebrew mm-hmm. as you're so led to say, okay, right. what does that word really mean? What does that phrase really mean? How was right. that written? What's the verb tense of that verb? And um, technology has made that so much easier for us. Yeah. What a blessing. Yeah. You and know? So, so now you can go to... Uh, studylight.org studylight.org mm-hmm. uh there's a called interlinear bible yeah uh you can say okay i want to look at um second uh, timothy 3 uh, 14 to 16 you mm-hmm. put it up click on it up comes the english and the and the uh, greek you right. click you click on the word and up comes all the meanings of those words uh so yeah. uh as we're you know we're kind of out of time here we'll we'll pick it up here but um we can here's a, here's a couple of things we can really understand. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, mm-hmm. and the Word was God, and the Word is God, and He created all things, and He spoke to us logos, 
and he wrote Logos, which is all, mm -hmm. all God-breathed and all, all inspired, Old Testament, New Testament, we can trust it. Yes. It is God's word. It's been preserved. It's accurate. Mm -hmm. um, we got to, as we'll learn, we got to go try to go deeper because the, the English or the French or the German isn't going to be a, uh, the depth of the Hebrew and Greek. Mm -hmm. So we got it. We got to go deeper with that. So uh, we've we've kind of run out of time here, but um, <laughs> just trust. You can trust it, right. and it's true. And then, like like Kathy and I were saying, we made decisions. We urge you to do it too, mm -hmm. and just say, "I'm going to accept that as true." Mm -hmm. Now I have to go pursue that truth in a healthy way, and we'll we'll tell you what that looks right. like. So uh, we uh, we'd like you to uh, keep processing this because this is going to be important and we'll pick this up uh, next week mm -hmm. we have uh, a guest tomorrow and then friday we'll do end time so we'll pick it up on monday but uh, uh we'll it'll be exciting to keep going absolutely well thanks so much rich i love the wisdom that you bring to this and thank you just for taking the time to to pour that out for all of us yeah, to share in yeah, thanks. and it's, thank you to the listeners for joining us <laughs> yeah it's, it's fun and hope hope we uh, keep enjoying it thank you absolutely you, you have later. a great day yeah, you too bye-bye Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.